انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما اتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نهاكم عنه فانتهوا صدق الله العظيم سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا انك انت العليم الحكيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي دروس قرن اللهم صل وسلم respected brothers respected elders mothers and sisters listening at home the title given to sayyidina umar ibn al-khattab radiyallahu ta'ala an was the title by which he was famously known as amirul mu'minin the title given to sayyidina abu bakr siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala an was by the word he was famously known as Khalifatul Rasul. He was Khalifatul Rasul and Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab was Amirul Mu'mineen. Scholars have mentioned when Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an had passed away, when power, khilafat, authority was transferred to Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, there was a heated debate between the companions as to which title do we honor Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an with. Personally, Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an did not want the title as being Khalifatul Rasul for himself. This was his personal opinion. His opinion was that Khalifatul Rasul is exclusively for Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. Khalifa in the Arabic language means the one who succeeds someone or who is the successor. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq and Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there is no other middleman or a third man involved. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq is the direct Khalifa successor of Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Therefore, it would make sense if we title him as Khalifatul Rasul. This was the opinion of Hazrat Umar. Hazrat Umar was a purist, a very uh, sensitive individual, subhanAllah. Even when it came to words, he, his opinion was far down the line as we part from the era of Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Whoever becomes the Khalifa, 50 years down the line for him to say I am Khalifa to Rasul wouldn't make sense. It would be confusing. He might not even have been born in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Now muhaddisin have mentioned generally the fuqaha have also said there is no harm in anyone who is titled by the name as being the Khalifa. That is why the four Khulafa are known as Khulafa al-Rashidin. But Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab the title which he chose and which he preferred over being Khalifa to Rasul is being as Amirul Mu'mineen. Again, this was exclusivity given to Hazrat Abu Bakr 
Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala the duty of an Amir or the duty of the Khalifa who has this position a very high position respected brothers mashallah the main responsibility given to an Amir is the responsibility of Imamat he is an Imam that is the main responsibility we have President Musharraf but you tell him to perform Isha Salah and he will struggle. Huh? But the duty of an Amir, the one who has been given this position, is to be proficient in the recitation of the Quran. Someone who is scholarly in the Quran. Someone who is scholarly in the field of Ahadith. We find verses in the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of the great son of Ibrahim alayhi salam, Ismail. وَذْكُرْ فِي الْكِتَابِ إِسْمَعِيلِ إِنَّهُ كَانَ الصَّادِقَ الْوَعْدِ وَكَانَ رَسُولَ النَّبِيَّ وَكَانَ يَأْمُرُ أَهْلَهُ بِالصَّلَاةِ Not only was he an imam, but he even instructed and gave orders to his family members to make sure that they are regular in their salah. To establish salah. The khilafat system means to establish the system of salah. Once salah, the best formula has been established in any Islamic city where you have a hundred percent attendance. MashaAllah, the power of Salah is that it stops you from evil. Salah stops you from evil. Salah will one day put you right. It is a defensive system that uh, purifies the heart. And it will attack all the wasawis that come from so the main duty of an imam, of an amir, is to establish salah. Unfortunately today we find that uh, at times we don't have respect for imams. At times we don't have respect for the mu'azzin. Mu'azzin ko toham bangi sahab kehate. And this imam sahab, what does he talk about? He doesn't know anything. But realistically speaking, my respected brothers, the most noble position, the highest position in Islam is the position of imamat. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was an imam for his entire life. With that burden of nabuwat given to him, look at his life of Madinatul Munawwara. He was an imam. Every time he had to go out, he had a successor, a naib. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was his naib. If Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was not there, Hazrat Umar Farooq. If he was not there, you had other great qurras of the Quran, they would lead people to Salah. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq's Khilafat, his entire life of Khilafat, he was an Imam. Hazrat Umar Farooq, entire life, he was an Imam. Hazrat Uthman, entire life, he was an Imam. Hazrat Ali, entire life, he was an Imam. So the system of Khilafat, when we study Islam, generally the Amir is accessible to the general public. He is the Imam of the Jamia Masjid, of, an, of the Islamic city. That is why whenever Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala selected his governors, he would look at the qualities inside the governors. These governors were not just governors. These governors were muttaqeen and these governors were imams of masajid. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala had passed a decision that in every city to build a beautiful masjid in the central area of the city. And that center, central area of the city 
that masjid will be given the name as being Jamia Masjid. And everyone should perform their salah. And that is how the system of Khilafat uh, runs and functions. So every man had the possibility to meet the Amir. There were no security guards. Uh, there was no protection, no bodyguards. He is the Amir, a simple man. He is the Khalifa, Amirul Mu'mineen. And what about his office? The Houses of Parliament, huh? Big Ben, or the Big Bang, or what? Or do we have, you know, separate venues? Uh, there was no Buckingham Palace. There was no Qasr al-Abiyaz. Uh, Malik Fahd and Marhum, Allah gave him Jannah. But look at the Saudi government. They've got palaces in Medina. They've got a palace on top of Makkah, Mukarramah. On top of Makkah Mukarramah, can you imagine that? They've flattened Safa, which is Sha'airullah, and they've made it flat so because of too much public, and yet you have a massive, massive palace. And in every city, whereby you forget the verses of the Quran, the wealth that Allah has given you of petrol, this is not your own personal wealth, Wealth that you have acquired from your forefathers. This does not belong to your forefathers. This is the wealth that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. And you are an ameen. This is an amanat to you. And that as leaders you need to function in accordance to the, the system of khilafat. And the system of khilafat is not there. So the main office in the time of Rasulullah, in the time of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, in the time of Hazrat Umar Farooq, the main office, the main office, the venue was Masjid in Abu. No other office. It was a multi-purpose building. Subhanallah. Delegation, foreign delegation would come and Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam would meet them in Masjid in Abu sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In the riwayat it comes the Banu Thaqif tribe came to meet Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the month of Ramadan. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was busy. He was preoccupied. He has a lot of things to do in the month of Ramadan. His own recitation of the Quran. All the companions that are there. But a non-Muslim delegation came in the month of Ramadan. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam gave them the best hospitality. He pitched up a tent for them in masjid e sallallahu alayhi And they would uh, benefit from the company of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Eventually the entire tribe became Muslim. Every single one of them. masjid e was an Islamic university. The best university in the world. The university that has produced the likes of Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala. These students would have the badge and they were known as the students of Rasulullah Ashabu Suffa. Suffa was an elevated platform in masjid e And these were young, young students that benefited from Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They became narrators of hadith. They became doctors in tafsir. They became great fuqaha of their time. Everything from masjid e sallallahu alayhi wasallam. You step out of masjid e sallallahu alayhi wasallam, you had an open, beautiful gym. Outside the masjid, you had sahabai kiram ajma'in that were training, self-defense. You had the senior companions who were teaching the juniors archery, the art of archery. 
you had sahaba-i kiram ajma'in who were experts in fighting with the swords. They would train the young ones how to use the sword, how to ride a horse. And you even had, had some uh, wrestlers, at times non-Muslim uh, wrestlers that, that would come and wrestle outside Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. You had all these great individuals. It was all about self-defense. Subhanallah. This is Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Multi-purpose building. In fact, scholars have mentioned at times Masjid Nabi was even used one section of it as a surgery. As a surgery. Hazrat Sa'ad bin Mu'az radiallahu ta'ala an was wounded in the battle of Khandak. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to the companions, pitch up a tent for him in Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Muslim doctors would treat Sa'ad bin Mu'az in the masjid. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam would personally attend to him. One man whose name is Hibban, he shot an arrow that hit Hazrat Sa'ad bin Mu'az straight in the, in the arteries. And blood was, uh, he was bleeding profusely. Eventually, Hazrat Sa'ad bin Mu'az radiallahu ta'ala and passed away. But this was the, act, uh, the, the use of Masjid Nabwi, multi-purpose building. Many, many activities uh, were taken place. In Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, when we study the history, the tarikh of Madinatul Munawwara, in the time of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the masjid was very simple. How simple? The pillars were made from natural date tree trunks. So you had trees that were planted, that were already there. Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam was around. And the pillars were the date trees, the date tree trunks. And the leaves and the branches of the date trees were the, was the rooftop of Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa There was no plaster used, unbaked bricks. In the ahadith it comes when it would rain, uh, the entire masjid would get muddy and soily. At times in the hadith it comes when it would rain, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam would perform sajda and the stain was visible uh, on the forehead of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Everything was wet, soily and muddy. This is the condition of Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That yet my respected brother, so many activities, so many activities. The first extension done to Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam was by Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala. Hazrat Umar, during the time of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, no extension, no changes to Masjid Nabi. Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala is the pioneer. He extended the masjid and built another chamber uh, which was known as the Maqsura. Maqsura is a chamber even today it is found in a lot of the masajid. Uh, I've seen one in uh, the Jamia Masjid of Birmingham. You have a maqsura there. Maqsura is a sp- special chamber for the imam. So the imam would open the door of that maqsura and he would come during the time for salah and stand on the musalla during salah. After salah the imam would go back to the maqsura. So this was a chamber which was built by Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab in his time, the first extension. But even this extension 
was very very simple no uh, plastering unbaked bricks same system absolutely the same as it was during the time of nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam just an extra chamber a room which was known as the maqsura uh, the main construction that took place was during the time of sayyidina uthman radiyallahu ta'ala sayyidina uthman radiyallahu ta'ala an spent a lot of money to the house of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allah had blessed him with wealth majority of his wealth was invested in the house of allah in masjid nabawi sallallahu alaihi wasallam for the first time beautiful stones and marbles uh, slates were used and plastering was used uh, to build masjid nabawi sallallahu alaihi wasallam you had special uh, artists who came and who wrote verses of the quran a great extension for that period of time this was done in the time of sayyidina uthman radiyallahu ta'ala some of the people objected and, and they said to us that uthman radiyallahu ta'ala an that you have really adorned and beautified the masjid as uthman radiyallahu ta'ala an would reply to them i have heard from my rasul from rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam and i am his son in law and he said to me that that person who builds the house of allah in this world allah will build for him a house in jannah so i am investing all my wealth in the house of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so a massive extension was done to masjid nabawi sallallahu alaihi wasallam during the period of hazrat usman radiyallahu ta'ala an during the khilafat of sayyidina umar radiyallahu ta'ala an he was an imam he was very careful uh, with regards to the rules and regulations the adab the etiquettes of masajid all his governors he would discipline them and he would make sure that there was no worldly conversations in the house of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in fact scholars have mentioned that for the first time out of anger hazrat umar radiyallahu ta'ala an made another section outside masjid nabawi sallallahu alaihi wasallam this is in the hadith and this is known as butaiha this is known as butaiha a separate hall outside masjid nabawi sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he said to the people that if you want to speak then go to butaiha but in the house of allah nobody should speak in the house of allah it is zikr salah quran ruku sujood if you want to speak the arabs had this habit they were masters in the arabic language subhanallah and many a times they would sit together and sing poetry and remember their forefathers so one would come up with uh, a paragraph of poetry then the other person listening would reply back and at times there was a lot of noise in masjid nabawi sallallahu alaihi wasallam sayyidina umar radiyallahu ta'ala an made a separate section which is known as butaiha and said if you want to talk go to butaiha and that is why we say if you want to talk go downstairs not in the house of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you need to respect the house of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is said that once one sahabi whose name was saib he was resting in masjid nabawi sallallahu alaihi wasallam and that is why mashallah in those days the masajid were open uh, no security people could walk in and out in the masjid if they had no shelter the house of allah was a shelter there was facilities toilets wudu everything was there alhamdulillah the house of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
a lot of the companions would just come to the house of Allah and rest. Hazrat Sahib was resting in Masjid Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They had two young boys messing around in the masjid and they saw someone sleeping. So the two boys picked up some a pebble, not a stone, a pebble, and started throwing at Sahib who was sleeping. They didn't realize that Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala is watching them behind. Can you imagine that? Hazrat Sahib is sleeping and the two boys are throwing pebbles and behind them is this massive, huge figure of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. And he was very huge, Hazrat Umar. Scholars have mentioned that Hazrat Khalid bin Walid and Hazrat Umar Farooq were twins. Hazrat Khalid bin Walid and Hazrat Umar Farooq were twins. Absolute twins. They looked alike. And they were related. Inshallah, my ambition is one day to talk on the subject of this great Sahabi, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid on Jumu'ah. And to continue with many sessions. So that we have a greater audience in Jumu'ah. We have our dars in the evening, but it's not a full house. But on Jumu'ah, it is a full house. Everyone is here. Insha'Allah, if Allah wills, we will talk on Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala was about to get hold of them. They noticed Hazrat Umar is there and they started running. Hazrat Umar said to Saib, stand up and chase the two boys and get them here straight away. Hazrat Saib also stood up straight away and is panicking, oh what happened? Hazrat Umar said, get the boys. No respect of the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as the Sahib started chasing the boys and got hold of the boys, both of them came in front of us Umar radiallahu ta'ala. Now they were not young, they were mature and they were messing around. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala looked at them and said to them, you are not from Medina Munawwara. You don't look familiar to me. Where are you from? And the two boys said, Amir al-Mu'mineen, we are from Taif. We are from Taif. Amir al-Mu'mineen said, Taif has saved you. Taif has saved you. Because you are not from Madinatul Munawwara, you are saved. And if you were here from Masjid Nabwi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, today I would have punished you in such a way that you would have remembered me for the rest of your life. <laughs> I would have punished you in such a way that you would have remembered me for the rest of your life. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an subhanallah Masjid was his home. He did everything for the house of Allah. His office was there. The entire system of Khilafat was functioning from Masjid Nabwi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Inshallah, as uh, the time uh, progresses, Maghrib Salah becomes a bit late, uh, we will continue with our sessions. Mukhtasar Majlisa, Allah paak kabool kare. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.